This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. It's a new day in the workroom and it's time for another spotlight of an all-star. Welcome along. It's Keen here. James took over the reins last week and gave us a deep dive on Jinx Monsoon. And I'm back in the hot seat. And this week we're discussing Raja, season three queen. Excited to see what she's going to bring to All Star 7. Of course, you'll probably know more than I do recording this because some episodes will have aired by the time you hear this. Let's kick off our spotlight of a star on season three's Raja Gemini. <laughs> Hi ladies, my name's Sutan, also known as Raja. I'm 36 years old and I'm from Los Angeles, California. Raja's a model, she's uber stylish. She was doing stuff that Gaga's doing now before Gaga even knew about it. I could see the surprise look on everyone's face. It was the exact reaction I wanted. We're drag queens, we're meant to be pioneers. So why not wear a funny little cyclops hat? Yeah, nice to meet you, I'm Raja. It's a pleasure to meet you guys. Sutan Ibrahim Karim Abrula is 47 years old from LA. At the age of three, they moved to Indonesia, their parents' home country. Their father was part of this famous Muslim philosophical family in Indonesia and his brother Raja's uncle Hamka is actually an official national hero of Indonesia. You can find them on Facebook, uh, on Facebook, on, on Wikipedia, which is really interesting. Um, Raja moved back to LA when they were nine and described themselves as a sort of introverted, secluded child, learning all about fashion and makeup and design alone in their room, going to mass three times a week even because their parents were so religious. Then when they were 16, they began to attend the club kid scene, dressing up in self-designed clothes and partying under their drag persona, Crayola. So in the 90s, the club kid scene in LA was a lot more different from the drag scene. It was more focused on art and fashion and going out, partying and clothing that you've made themselves. Because really for art heads, whereas drag at the time was a lot more celebrity impersonation and female impersonation that Raja really was not interested in. Uh, One of their club kid scene friends actually went on Jerry Springer in the 90s to discuss like being a young club kid um, and outed Raja on TV and that's how their parents found out that they were queer because their friend was on TV and he came and they came home and there was a videotape waiting for them with their friend basically outing Raja on TV so <laughs> that's bizarre I thought that was a baffling story when I heard that one Raja enrolled in Cal State University for the arts but left after two years to go work in Mac and I was actually when they were working in Mac that they first met RuPaul um, they were behind the Mac counter working and they had this sort of ongoing acquaintance from there. Raja will be working uh, in drag then after a while in this trans bar called Peanuts. And uh, RuPaul would go see them and stand in the DJ booth and watch Raja perform and sneak out afterwards and stuff. So they definitely had this ongoing acquaintanceship up uh, to before the time of Drag Race. Um, Raja was working on drag and makeup artistry and stuff all the way up to beginning to working on America's Next Top Model in which they worked in the makeup department in 2005 and this was sort of the first time that people would have seen them on TV as this sort of fun auxiliary character sometimes in drag as Tyra. I am so tired of you impersonating me. Am I Tyra? I'm Tyra. (laughs) Thank you. I'm Tyra. I am Tyra. I am Tyra. I am Ty. Ty Ty baby. 
baby. I'm Thai. You know what? I think the only way we're going to be able to settle this is to go to Thailand. And I stuck with um, Next Top Model for six cycles uh, and finished in 2009. And then the next year, they filmed Drag Race. So let's have a look at their time on Drag Race. Season 3 was that season where with the casting special as episode 1. So on Raj's video, we get an endorsement from Adam Lambert, who I'm sure helped seal the deal. Um, Rue was already going to see them in clubs, so I'm sure it didn't take much for Rue to sign them. Um, but yeah, Raj was actually doing Adam Lambert's. I think like really up until recently, he kept doing Adam Lambert's makeup for any of their like, studio and stadium tours my drag character or my drag name is raja i'll be 36 i'm a makeup artist and i'm a female impersonator i'm gonna sound really fucking old but i started really young and i've been doing this for about 20 years now as soon as i came out of the closet i was like i'm gonna be a fierce fucking bitch so my brows were tweezed my hair grew i kept my weight at a certain weight i wanted to be a supermodel that's all i wanted to be raja is the last queen to enter the workroom other than shangela who pops out of that trademark box of hers so Episode one is the Christmas design challenge, which Raja wins with a maroon sort of dusted rose French nobility look with a big sort of white wig. Uh, episode two is the Queens in Space acting challenge, which in my opinion is a big old dud. Raja is on the losing team, but has one of the best performances, so is safe. She plays Hermaphrodite. I mean, wouldn't we call that now, let's say, um, and gave this really sort of real David Bowie in Labyrinth sort of look. Raja as Hermaphrodite. No one can hear lip syncing in space. Prepare to die. That's right, Tweaker. And actually, on that point, rewatching a lot of season three for this episode, they drop the T bomb a lot, like in Untucked. Shangela says slur for trans people a lot, and there's just. That word is is kind of not taboo enough yet, even though it probably should have been. And it's 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 kind of funny just how how much the show has grown in the last eleven years. Um, episode three was the fitness video challenge. Raja was safe again this one, but she had chosen to do sort of butch up character, and she got good praise for that. We're gonna increase some energy and get rid of that unsightly bulge in your pants, ladies. Grab the ball and violently bang your crotch for ten times. Here we go. And again, this episode was called Totally Leotarded. Again, I don't think that would that would. Uh, land in in 2022 episode four was a news presenting challenge and Raja was on team carmen they were safe again she had to hand she had to deal with that really awkward india farah on the absolute struggle bus presenting the weather like she had to sort of throw to her so <laughs> i'm sure she deserved to be safe just for having to deal with that well it's time to check in with our drag you weather girl hey india how are things looking out there today now Deep in the heart of Texas, y'all. Y'all feeling me? There is a hell no storm. Okay. I remember like Manila won that challenge with her overemphasized sort of Asian accent. And and again, it was like, remember Michelle saying like, we need to be more Asian pride rather than sort of Asian stereotypes. So yeah, like it is, it is interesting how, I don't know, how, how less progressive it seems as a show back then. Um, my episode four was the is the episode where 
Raja absolutely gagged us in that Marie Antoinette look, which I th- still think is one of the most iconic looks in the franchise. Episode 5 was Snatch Game. Raja gave us Tyra Banks and was actually in the top for this, but rewatching it, it was a bit of a strange Snatch Game. Like Alexis Mateo was in the top for Butch Alicia Keys for flirting with Amber Rose. Like Stacey Lane's Monique was this only strong performance overall, I'd say. Um, but I guess it was the second Snatch Game. It was still sort of finding its feet then, so fair enough. All right, Tyra. I only have one answer in my hand, and this answer is the only answer. Naomi Campbell is a cum guzzling whore! <laughs> I hate her! I hate her! She ruined my life! Smizing. Episode 6 was a design challenge based on cakes. Raj, I got the chocolate lava cake and won. Episode 7 was a stand-up challenge and Raja wore that Carrie-inspired look, which, in hindsight, I think is one of the most iconic parts of that episode. Hello. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Anybody else on their period? You know, I'm a little bit into the horror movies. Can you guess which one? Carrie, yes. How many people have seen Carrie, actually? Well, see, good, good. The real special thing about Carrie is that she has telekinetic powers. Telekinesis means that you can move things with your mind. The last time I moved anything with my head, it was in a motel room. The John threw $40 on my cum slick tits and told me to get the fuck out. Um, And on that, she actually ended up in the top for a stand-up challenge, which is not what I would have remembered for her. Episode 8 is the patriotic messages, you know, like, BAM! I love you, Poppy! From Alexis Mateo. This is the first time Miraja ends up low. Her message was quite low energy, and she wore this sort of Indian headdress, which again, I don't think would have happened now. I'm Raja, and I'm proud to be an American. Growing up in Indonesia, my parents taught me that I could be whatever I wanted to be. America, we're the son of immigrants can wear her freedom proudly. Episode 9 is a lip sync challenge of RuPaul songs in different genres, which is kind of like a fun precursor to look back on in terms of the RuPaul headliners or even like the Divas Live, how this challenge has been done so many times in slightly different ways and they get away with it. Raja actually wins this one with a punk rock version. I definitely didn't remember her winning this one, which I thought was really interesting. And I guess it makes sense that she won based on her sort of punk club kid days, um, that she was really able to embody that energy. So yeah, she's up to like three wins at this point. Episode 10 is the hairball where they had to make looks out of wigs. And this led to some drama backstage in Untucked. They were trying to debate whether Raja had used tool or hair for a certain aspect of it. Um, But Yara Sophia ultimately won. Raja was high. Do you see Raja's skirt? The, the, yes. She used fabric. No, she said she used the lace from the wig. No, 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 no. That's tool. Like these little lace pieces? Yeah. These are all done with hair. Oh. I, I'm pretty pleased with it. I'll ask her. And she'll lie right here to no. my face. Say That's it. no problem. We'll see Say if it. she lies and we'll see if she tells the truth. You know, my name is Nancy Drew. And I'm going to get to the bottom of the truth. I still don't understand how you did this. I made fits, fabric, sits. girl. I made fabric out of hair. You you made fabric out of hair? Yeah. And I thank you. Finally, 
some truth out of Raja. Actually, Untucked in season three was, was pretty iconic. I know I gave out about the T words a lot, but like you have that sugar daddy moment between Shangela and Mimi on first. You have the Heathers versus the Buggers. It was like a lot of nastiness across the board overall. It was a lot less likable. And it's hard to know because, yeah, Untucked is a bit boring now because there's no conflict. But like I find that kind of uncomfortable to watch back how nasty they all are to each other. So striking a fine balance between the two of them, I think, is, is, is the Untucked sweet spot, which I don't think they've managed to achieve in years, I would say. Let Miss Carmen Carrera tell it. And she and J-Lo are two of the best friends from the block. Well, I mean... You've been around her? I've been... I've been... I've done some things... Do y'all smell that? It smell like lies to me. All of a sudden, it's a secret what she's doing with J-Lo. I mean, I don't believe a word that comes out of Carmen Carrera's mouth. I might be new to drag, honey, but I'm not new to people. And I surely am not new to stunts. And although I think there was a lot of people being nasty in that season, and although I think the Heathers were ultimately unlikable for it, I always remember Raja as being one of the least nasty in the cast overall. Episode 11 was the makeover challenge and this is the one that ends Raj in the bottom for the first time which I think is a bit ironic based on the fact that she is a makeup artist. She gives us that sort of iconic sexy lip sync with Carmen Carrera and ultimately stays. Episode 12, jeez, season 3 goes on forever, was another ball. This time is the money ball. This was won by Manila and Raja was high, which I think is funny when considering Raja is such an iconic legend that there was two balls in her season and she didn't win any of them. But her money ball look was pretty iconic though and, and it kind of set the stage for anyone who even tried to put a dollar on their body for the next 14 seasons, I'll say. Um, so that brings us up to the top three. She ultimately beats Manila to the crown and this season was actually famous for being spoiled by Perez Hilton and that's the reason why we have the ending to the show format that we have every year now where Rue films multiple endings uh, all because of that swine Perez Hilton. Uh, and I remember I remember in retrospect there was like a, Raja was talking to Rue on What's the Tea one time and she was saying that Season 3 really suited her because it was really crafty. Like, well, there's two design challenges and there's two balls in 12 episodes. So it's interesting to think if there was different challenges, whether she still would have won or done as well. But going back to the episodes, like she's high in Snatch Game, high in Stand Up and wins a lip sync challenge. So the only thing she really failed at was makeover and she's a makeup artist surely she can redeem herself on that one it actually worked to my favor to be on that challenge because it was the one that had so many creative yes. things we had to make a lot of stuff yes. and that is what i that is your do. forte yeah. that some, is some girls can throw themselves on the ground and do a shablam uh-huh. and some girls lip sync the house which i i'm okay uh-huh. but uh but mostly i make shit you yeah. Know? yeah and, that's and what you I do. walk that run no one has pummeled that runway the way you can nobody oh well thank you nobody. but I'll, I'll never forget that lot that lobster hat that when we were making all the hats uh-huh. and i was like oh easy it yes. took like 10 seconds when Raja won drag race there was no real established path for the winner, which was sort of strange. As part of the prize, they were guaranteed like 10 booked gigs across the country and Raja toured for the first while. And then actually a year after she won, her dad passed away. And she describes it in that podcast with RuPaul that she had this really sort of come to earth moment with her dad and he told her that she was, he was proud of her and everything. And I just thought it was a really, really touching moment. Um, she then goes on to begin releasing music. Her first song, Diamond Crowned Queen, actually hit number 35 in the US dance chart. I don't love it personally. She has other songs that I do prefer, called, one called Zuby 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 and one called Cholita. See, this is me, so let's be, see, 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 see. 
Raja used to say that she was primarily a visual artist as well. So the music was kind of sort of a way for her to get to this sort of visual art aesthetic that she wanted to put across. Then after that, the next few years, she starts to work with Wild Presents. Uh, they begin to diversify into different web series and spin-offs. And Raja appeared on Drag You a few times. But then she obviously gets the hosting gig with Fashion Photo Review, which I think plays such a big part in keeping her in front of us and keeping her relevant for the Drag Race audience. Like, I know Jinx has a huge fandom and she's well-deserving and I really like Jinx. But I think, like, for people who join Drag Race in the Netflix generation and might not have gone all the way back... I think they'd be more people will be able to name Raja out of that lineup than Jinx possibly because she's always on YouTube after every episode with Raven or got Mick geeking it up and sharing her opinions and showing how much of a boss she is when it comes to fashion. So I think that's partially when I what, what sustained my love for Raja was watching her on Fashion Photo Review, which has been going almost 10 years now, since 2014, which I think is really interesting. Um, I do think she has softened over time. I used to do prefer the era where you'd get a, you'd get a proper boot if it wasn't up to scratch, whereas I kind of feel now, you give them one thing on it that they like and you'll get a toot, so it's not as good. She actually used to do a web series as well called Raja Draja, which I never watched, uh, but she used to sketch Drag Race alums. Uh, and then she also used to host the Pit Stop. She was the Pit Stop host when I started watching it as well. Um, and that's kind of what she's been doing other than sort of touring, doing drag, and doing this sort of drag web series for a while. In 2018, she got to appear in the Drag Race episode of The Simpsons, Working Mom, and she plays the host at Marge's Tupperware party, which was a really cool moment. Hello, are you on the list? I have to be on a list for a Tupperware party? Well, you do for this one. Marge is like if Donna Reed and Donna Summer combined to solve all your food storage problems. And rumor has it, out of drag, Marge is hot, hunky, and all man. And then there's other bits and pieces, a blondie video here, a diesel campaign there. So that brings us to All Star 7. What can we expect? Somebody call for an icon. Yeah. Hi everyone, it's Raja. I think Raja is primarily here to dominate the runways. I think she is a solid all-rounder in other challenges, but compared to the rest, I can't really see her winning anything other than look and design challenges. And I think that's okay. I think the fandom can be very forgiving to queens with good runways. I'm wondering whether the fact that she's on Fashion Photo Review, whether that will come up, you know, jocularly or whatever. And they're like, oh, you, you know, you used to boot my looks when I was on season eight or whatever, you know. So I wonder will that come up. Also, I wonder who will do that show while she's on All Star 7. Like, is it going to be Got Mick and Violet? I mean, I'd live for that. She surely can't be tooting her own looks up there. But then I say that like she did win a lip sync challenge and she placed high in two comedy challenges. So like maybe she's a lot more of an all round than we give her credit for. She puts together her own drag shows. You know, maybe I have pigeonholed her and it's unfair. So I'm excited to see what she does. From what I've seen on the lead up to the show, the fashion has been incredible, like unique, mesmerizing. I think her entrance look is a really nice throwback to the eye look that she came in with in season three. I thought her look for the Entertainment Weekly and the Kelly Clarkson show were super. 
Like she has that runway on lock and I think that's all she really needs to keep her legacy strong. I think she's absolutely going to do that and I'm excited to see her. And that's it for my episode on Raja. Thank you for listening. Let me know what you think. Do you think Raja is better than I have anticipated? Maybe you're like, she's tired. I'm sick of her. I don't think her runways are ever that good anyway. I want to hear all the thoughts. Um, Thank you for supporting us here in the workroom. It is really appreciated and it's helping us keep the show trundling along. Yeah, James will be back with you next week for the one and only Money Exchange. And I'll be back with you in two weeks. I'll talk to you then. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.